Charles Louis Mortgage Advisors, 0161-959-0166. Well, hello and welcome along to the uh, latest Forever Blue podcast. Uh, this week, we're going to look back particularly on the 2-2 draw against Liverpool in the Premier League. There is the Atletico Madrid game, second leg, of course, in Madrid to come. Uh, and, of course, next weekend, as we record this, City play Liverpool again on Saturday at Wembley, or Etihad South, as we prefer to call it. So we'll be looking ahead to those games. We'll look back on the Liverpool game. And to do so, I have uh, three City fans with me who will be familiar to you if you're regulars on the Forever Blue podcast. Um, just want to say a big thank you, first of all, to Howard Solicitors, who are based in Ashton and Stockport and specialise in personal injury claims on a no-win, no-fee basis. So if you've had an accident that wasn't your fault, give them a shout and see how they can help you. They're on 0161 872 and then all the nines or email law at howardsolicitors.com. They've come on board as new sponsors for which I'm uh, very, very grateful. We still have um, uh, charleslouis.co.uk as well as sponsors. So uh, big, big thanks to, to both of them. And uh, Howard solicitors are people I'm just getting to know, and they do an awful lot of good work for people who are struggling financially. So they're not just looking for the sort of big bucks jobs. They're looking for ordinary people, which is how I think I'd class myself and other people who are involved in the podcast. So a uh, big thanks to them. Um, so um, I'm Ian Cheeseman, and the three guests I have today uh, are all fans who've been at the game against Liverpool. Uh, we've got Harlan, who is um, an absolute regular on both the vlog uh, from time to time and the podcast. We've got Tony uh, of Tony from Hot Click Marketing fame, uh, once doing some sponsorship with me, uh, now uh, still in supporting me in this way uh, in terms of supporting the, the podcast, which is very much appreciated. And uh, Stephen, who is... Um, an expert on windows and doors, which I know about <laughs> because he just recently did some stuff uh, for me, as which uh, I can recommend. So, uh, see, three, three great guests. Uh, I thought this week, rather than get an ex-player on or ex-manager, which is what I normally do, um, I just thought we're speaking just a couple of hours really after the game, and the sort of rarity of the emotion uh, might be better represented really by the supporters. And quite often when I come out of the game and I look for some reaction, one of the first people I see is Harlan. And so um, he hasn't been on the vlog this week. They'll have a look at it because there are some interesting people on there. People like Ali Bernabia, Peter Barnes, um, Sue Johnson used to be in Brookside and the Royal Family, uh, Lee Mack, the comedian. Uh, and loads and loads of great, great fans. A young lad who's been having treatment at Christie's and um, was telling me on the, the vlog about uh, uh, Jack Grealish being a supporter of his, which is nice to hear. So all that's on the vlog. Go and check that out on YouTube. Harlan, you're not on uh, YouTube this week. You're on the podcast. So um, I'm going to unleash you straight away and uh, get you to tell me your verdict on that. What, what did we learn from that game against Liverpool? You need to unmute yourself here, uh, Harlan. Um, so obviously we, we would like to hear you. So there you go. What what did so we learn from that game? Yeah, I think I think we 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 learned more about about how how much of a of a of a quality style of football we we actually play when you when you when you see the two styles come, you know, kind of 
combat one another on a football pitch like that. And you can see that some people prefer the Liverpool style of football. Some people, prefer, you know, prefer ours. You see the, the, the golfing class between the two sides. Our build-up play is so much more fluid. It's so much more theoretic. And yes, at times I've been critical of that, but it was more the pace at which we attack rather than how we attack. Um, I actually genuinely am going to throw this out there and I'm probably going to get a bit of backlash if there's, if there's non-City fans listening to this. I think Liverpool's style of football, for me, is Burnley with glitter on. It, it, seriously, it is, it is Burnley's style of football with better players with glitter sprinkled all over it. it it's, it's, it's effective. You score a lot of goals by playing that way. But if I'm honest with you, as exciting as people say it is, I couldn't go and watch that for 38 games a season or I couldn't go and watch it for 19 on games a season. I'm sorry, I couldn't. Because I like seeing top quality players play to their full potential. I don't believe they use Mane and Salah and Firmino and Jota to their absolute potential. We use Mares with his flair and his ability and his agility. We've got Sterling, who's quick, who's got great acceleration. You've got Bernardo Silva, who covers a lot of mileage and he's very agile and creative. Some of their players just play the same way. It's try and get it out to the fullback, get a cross whipped in. If it drops, follow it up and, and score as many goals as you can. Um, the quality of football today from us was there. It was much better than before. Um, much better than I've seen since the Arsenal game on New Year's Day, much better than against Arsenal, much better defensively than against Spurs. So I think we've learned that we can now defend against counter-attacking sides and showed that today. Um, but again, we've got to start being more clinical against especially sides that are up there in the top four because we should have probably gone 3-1 up, 3-0 up maybe, probably said 3-1 up because they scored the goal, but 3-1 up first half, if I'm honest. And that's that's probably going to be said, you know, to be greedy, but probably could have been 3-1. Definitely don't come out second half and concede as early on as we did, because that's just absolutely criminal behaviour. That you, you you come out, you need five minutes to game manage and just resettle everything, get a feel for the ball again. And then you may have to suffer or you may have to kind of deal with a bit of Liverpool onslaught for five, ten minutes, but you can't come out and get caught the way we did. And again, it was a silly goal to give away. It was very, 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 very lacklustre in the challenge and in the tackle. Salah was given far too much space. There were nothing passes really that managed to find their way through and we didn't do enough to, to defend even before Mane got the shot on goal. First one, if you watch it back, the Liverpool equaliser. Again, not tight enough to the men, not enough um, hunger to win the ball and cross comes in ball ricochets, ball falls and and, and, and then it's past the Jota and he puts it on it, it's, it was much better for us today defensively and yes we performed and got a point against Liverpool, should have won the game and I've got to start putting these chances away and I will, I will say it, this isn't my honest opinion every week and I get why there's the strikers for and strikers against in a game like this today, with a Haaland, you win that football match. You go three or four one up and you win it. It's as simple as that. Now, I, I appreciate and love, first of all, your passion, but also your analysis of it all. Today, I came away from that game when whilst I think 
analytically too and love tactic talks. The, the, the overriding emotion I felt when I left that stadium today, which for purely tribal football fans might not be what, what they want to hear, but I just came away thinking, wow, what a privilege to be there today. What a game. Um, you know, not just City. Um, I accept what you're saying, Harlan, that... Um, you know, they, they might not play the same style as City. And at the moment, we're very, very lucky as City fans to be watching, um, you know, the sort of, in my opinion, the definition of perfect football. You know, the ball's on the ground. It's all about passing. It's one touch. It's all about movement on and off the ball. All the things that, that I think make football really, really special. Though I do admire you know, individuality as well. And when I look back on City's history, and somebody asked me this today, in fact, it was Craig Cash, who's been on the, the podcast just recently, said to me, you know, is this team that City are playing at the moment better than the, any team you've seen? And, and I said, well, to be honest with you, David Silva, Vincent Company, Sergio Aguero, Yaya Torre, you know, were fantastic footballers who I felt, uh, you know, a... Uh, uh, I don't know what the word is, but a close closeness is the wrong word, but an identity with. And this team is a fantastic 11 coached by the best coach there is, probably the best coach there ever has been. Uh, and whilst Kevin De Bruyne was a standout player for City today, in my opinion anyway, and he is an exceptional player, generally the success comes from the team unit. Um, so that's how I felt. I came away thinking... Aren't I a lucky person to be sat in that stadium today to watch that? I came away um, looking at uh, Mane, who played for Liverpool, of course, and being blown away by the skill, the close. Now, I know it's hard sometimes in a tribal thing to look at an opponent and think he was good because you just want to look at your own team. But I can't deny I looked at Sadio Mane and, and, and I noticed every single time he touched the ball in intricate situations, his flick, his pass, his touch was brilliant. Now, we've got players like that too. I'm not, I'm not saying we haven't, um, but you, know, you sometimes just have, have to admit that what you watch as a whole is something really special. And on that basis, I can't wait for Wembley. I can't wait to see the two teams go head-to-head -head again. And if it does end up being a Champions League final in Paris, I can't help thinking that's going to be a treat as well. So you've heard two conflicting, not conflicting, but contrasting slightly different views there, Stephen. What, what's your take? What, what, did we, what did you learn from that game today? Well, I, I've learned that we are very, very much the better footballing team. Uh, without a doubt. And as Alan said there, funny enough, I used the same same comparison. I said they are Burnley with decent forwards. Uh, because not not you know, no disrespect to Burnley as well. I don't like doing that because I do I'm quite fond of Burnley. But uh, I think what it is is that it's if you look at the central midfielders, Henderson and Fabinho, they they don't look where they're passing a lot of the time. It's just a flick over the top to turn the defenders round. And they go on about Alexander-Arnold and Robertson as if these are like they're the greatest fullbacks in world football. And they just get it and they just ping it. That's how I just kept saying to my sons, they just ping, ping, ping. That's all they do, these. I mean, it works very well for them. They're a very good football team. There's no two ways about it. You know, and it's it's been close. Well, we've drawn two all twice. We've been the better team in both games. And going back to the old, if, if, well, if Sergio had played today, we'd have got four or five, I think. And uh, we we just, we do, do, do just miss the killer touching sometimes in these big games. 
But we, we were great. I thought, I thought we were great today. We really showed that we're a great football team, the better footballing team, the better style of football. And, you know, it's just, again, I'm not going to go back to the old media thing, but as I got in the game, I got in from the game, I heard the guy interviewing Pep after and asked him, do you think the draw was a fair result? Now, for me, it wasn't. It wasn't at Anfield. And it wasn't today, but no, they've dug, they've dug it out. They've dug two draws out against us. Just what, I, just, just to say that as well. One thing is, they haven't beaten Chelsea or us this year, and they've played Chelsea three times. They played them in a cup final. That was a draw. You know, they won on penalties. So that you know, as as good as you have to hold your hands up and say they're a great team. They're a great team, but they're not the footballing team that we are. And I sort of agree with Alan there that. You'd watch it every week because you want your football team to win things. But it's still not watching City, is it? You know, we are spoiled. We have got the best manager. And we've got the best players. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I learned that we're, in my opinion, we're better than them. We're a better footballing team. But let's see. We've not beaten them yet this year, have we? Tony, what's your take on it all? Um, right, well, I'll stick with my trademark pessimism, I think. Um, I think, yeah, we played well um, in the first half. I think first half we were phenomenal and we should have, yeah, like Harlan said, 3-4-1. Um, coming into the second half, I think we were very quiet for the 20 minutes. It was only kind of the last 15, really, in the second half that we came alive again. We were pushing a lot more. Um, I think a bit part of that, I don't know if this was a tactical decision or what, but Cancelo didn't seem to be getting forward as much as he was in the first half, um, which left us a bit short up front. But I think in terms of Liverpool style and all the rest of it, look, it works for them. Um, we can say that, you know, Jose Mourinho's style in terms of the one nil and defend um, is boring, but at the same time, he won Champions League. He won, you know, it's about getting results. And unfortunately for us today, we didn't get the result. Um, even though we deserve to get the result, I think, um, over the 90 minutes, yes, we were a better team, but um, we're just missing that clinical finish. And I think, you know, it shows, yes, you can say, well, look, how many players have scored for us? How many goals have we scored? And you can point to all the statistics in the world, but at the same time, how many times today did we get the ball in the six-yard box and nobody was there to put it in the back of the net? Atletico midweek, there was, uh, the ball kind of went skim past the back post. And that was where Aguero would have been instinctively just to tap it in. And there you go, 2 0 up. And as I say, it's just those times across all of the games this season that we've been missing. Yeah, we'll get the goals eventually, but it shouldn't take us those 10 shots to get those goals or those 10 created chances for a player to happen to be there. I think instinctive strikers like Aguero was, where they just know where to be and get those goals and kind of the, the goal poacher side of it, which isn't really goal poaching. It is just, you know, knowing your game and being a striker, really. Um, we would have probably already be eight points odd clear by now. Um, and I think that's what's let us down so far this season and definitely today. Um, and that was the difference between the two sides is that, yes, we should have won, but they were more clinical in putting their chances away. Despite yeah. your self-declared pessimism, though, Tony, you must have enjoyed that game. Oh, yeah. Um, but as I say, I was uh, spoke to Gary Irwin at half-time and he was saying in terms of the uh, the first half that it was all us and, you know, we were both raving at how well we were playing and all the rest of it. 
And then for the second half, I was so disappointed off the high of the first half, thinking, well, we're definitely going to go on to win this. And I had, naively, that little bit of optimism in me that I don't usually have in games. I'm usually a nervous wrecker. I thought, with how we played in that first half, we're going to go on. Um, and yeah, as I say, I just think in the second half, we came out a bit sluggish. I think we're still in the changing room a little bit. Alan? Yeah, Dennis Stewart said something uh, two weeks ago, and he said, we don't half create some chances, but we don't half miss some. And yeah. it rang true today. We create so many chances. We 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 rave, and, and rightfully so, we rave about how many goals we score a season. We create probably, in the Premier League, key chances, goal-scoring opportunities, expected goals opportunities is obviously the new kind of statistical way to look at it. How... Um, how you know what was what the probability of you scoring from that certain opportunity? If there was 250 of them and we score a hundred and I don't know 105 or 106, we should be scoring 160. Do you know what I mean? We we waste so many opportunities in games where your Liverpools, your Chelsea's, your Real Madrid's, your Karim Benzema's, your Lewandowski's, your Haaland's at Dortmund. Don't allow their team to miss them opportunities. The, 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 the goals we score sometimes, like, for example, the difficulty of the Gabriel Jesus goal today on an expected goals ratio chart would be probably about 0.26 or something like that. In terms of the ball having to get from Cancelo, him stay on side, him receive that ball as he makes the running behind and then finishes it on the up, on the volley, barring in. Difficult opportunity, and you've got to put it past a, you know, a top goalkeeper in Allison. That one ends up going in, beautifully crafted, but we will miss, like Tony said, a host of chances that fall on the edge of the six-yard box that are literally crying out for anybody, a Rodri, uh, a Cancelo, in other games, a Zinchenko, it doesn't matter who it is, even a Laporte, to just put their bloody foot through it and smash it into the back of the net and get us out of sight. And by not doing that, we we gave ourselves um, pressure that was unneeded at halftime. If we win at 3-1, Pep's, Pep's team talk is different. We came out and straight away, we give them the ball. I think we fouled, was it, was it Jota that we fouled? Uh, I think he went down to ground and then obviously they, they reset and then the goal came. Um just to any City fans out there that have maybe not watched the goals back, just watch how poor we are in, 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 in how we approach the Liverpool players. Almost, not as bad as other teams, but almost frightened to get a foot in. They weren't frightened to get a foot in on us, were they, in the last 25 minutes today? It was win at all costs. It was draw at all costs. We allowed Salah too much space. And I, I agree, Mane's a top player here and I really do like him. But again, allowed too much space. Jota, too much space, too much respect. Got to start getting feet in. Got to start trying to win the ball back. Some players were, some players weren't. Uh, both goals avoidable. And on the side of um, how we how we play again, I'm not against in any way, shape or form sides that play counter-attacking football. Tottenham are wonderful sometimes on the break. Love Son. Love the way Son and Kane link up, unless it's against us, of course. Love counter-attacking football. Love it when we do it. Love it when De Bruyne used to pick up a ball from Fernandinho, race into the middle of the park and fire Stane in that left-hand channel. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant football. But what myself and Stephen are trying to say is, is that it's 
it's repetitive, it's repetition, repetition, repetition. And it's all reliant on the opposition making mistakes and giving you the ball in silly positions so you can capitalise on it. The, the amount of times today, like Stephen said eloquently then, Ian, that, you know, Van Dijk could fire a ball into Henderson and he'd just take one touch and fire it out onto that right-hand side with no real kind of meaning to it, hoping that uh, Cancelo would miss it and Alexander Arnold would get it. Then he's spamming a crossing and then he's hoping that it hits... Laporte's bum cheek and falls to Mane and it's, there's no theory behind it and it's repetitive and I blame a lot of the sides in the Premier League for not sussing it out and not getting out to the fullbacks and not stopping the cross and not getting physical with Mane, Salah, Firmino over the years. You, you're giving this Liverpool side, you're giving them the opportunity to go, we don't even have to play great football there, we can just play one, two, three passes and we're in. But they're not using their players to their full ability. Kate is a mint player. Henderson's a you know a, a decent player, probably overrated in my opinion. But Mane, Salah, Firmino, Jota—they're all top quality football players, but they're all playing one brand of football that is clearly just like I said, Burnley with glitter on. They're not using their players to the best of their ability. Yes, it works, Tony, but nah, it's uh, it's completely—they're not the second best football team in the Premier League. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Without a shadow of a doubt, they are not the second best team in the Premier League. Table-wise, they are. Who, who, who is then, Harlan? Well, you've got to look at your Wolveses and you've got to look at... Um, you can't, you can't look, look at now, I've got to challenge that. You can't look... Oh, I mean, I mean, Ian, I mean in terms of... Liverpool and City have gone toe-to-toe today in this game. Most people would accept that they're the two best teams at the moment in Europe. We're expecting to see... I mean, I know it might not happen, but City against Liverpool in Champions League final in Paris, that's what everybody's expecting. I know Bayern Munich could, you know, or Villarreal in theory, you know, could knock Liverpool out. City have got to get past the two Madrid teams, it looks like, to get to the final. But most of the, the people who claim that they know what they're talking about are saying that City and Liverpool are going to play each other in the final. If that's right, then these are the two best teams in Europe. Now, you can talk about the different styles that they play. And I agree about the different styles that they play. And I've said that City play this, you know, wonderful brand of football. And, and, and as Stephen said, you know, if if we were watching Liverpool, if they were our team, we would still support them and we would still want them to win. Uh, and we, you know, we might look on at City and, and be a bit more envious, but you support your team. As it happens, we're just dead lucky because we happen to have the best footballing. That'll change, by the way. At some point in the future, Pep will move on. A different type of manager might come in and then we might see our own players or whatever the next generation of our players playing in a different style. It won't stop us as fans rooting for our team, supporting our team, going watching our team. We accept that. But right now we're lucky. But you have to admit, surely, and, and you know, if Stephen or Tony want, want to support me on this, you have to admit that, that whether you like Liverpool or not, Liverpool and City are the two best teams, certainly in the Premier League, if not in Europe right now, aren't they? Is that not what we've just well, See, this is it, you see, and I, I still don't agree with it because, because for me, it's when teams... And I'll, I'll tell you why, right? So when teams come to the Etihad, right? How have Southampton got pumped 6-0 at home to Chelsea yesterday, right? But when they come to the Etihad, they get a point against us. We go there, they do everything to try and stop us playing football. They graft... They put the challenges in, they win their individual duels, then they get turned over against the Chelsea side that have been having a torrid time of it off the field, that have had a torrid time midweek, 
that got pumped in midweek in the Champions League with a manager that's had to come out and slander his players in the media to try and get a response from them. And yet this very same Southampton side that haven't looked faltering for weeks have gone and got pumped 6-0 at St Mary's in front of their own fans. So sides always turn up against us. And the same side, you look at the you look at the performances against the sides like Liverpool and you think, what's going on here? Like, what? hang, on, hang on a minute, I've got to challenge you again here. City at the moment are one point ahead of Liverpool. And yes, City dropped points against Crystal Palace, against Southampton, you know, and... and and, and, and they should and could probably have beaten those teams. But, st- I mean, without me looking through Liverpool's results, they've dropped points too. Yeah, they've dropped, actually, one more point because they're one point behind from the same number of games. So they've dropped points too. So it isn't a case of... you know When you play 38 games, and at the moment City have played 31, so they've played 31 games... Um, the teams that they come up against because they're the champions will be extra fired up. And, in, and depending on what their sequence of fixtures are, some of them will think we've got a bigger game next week and just lie down and let City or whoever it is walk all over them. And another one might say, this is our cup final this week and we want to prove a point and everybody's fit and we're going to have a go and we're going to do everything we can to get a result against them. And that varies from week to week. And I'll give you a perfect, perfect example of that. City went to Norwich a couple of years ago and were beaten by Norwich, weren't they, at, at Carrow Road. Yeah, we know Norwich are not, not on the same page as City, really. But then this season, City have battered Norwich out of sight. It, it's not a massively different Norwich team, but it's just the, the different day, the different circumstance, the different motivation of that team. Um, so just, just for a moment, me and Harlan are going to stop and I'm going to invite Stephen and Tony to pick up the bat on here because I want to hear what you've got to say about what Harlan said, what I'm saying, and and the, uh, you know the whole picture because I want to know if I'm right or he's right. <laughs> well, not quite, but you know what, what I mean. Mixture. <laughs> you know what? If it's sorry, Tony, I think what what Harlan's saying is there's such a contrast between the two styles of how the two teams play. And yes, there is there is there is only one point between us. But the, the contrast is is that they just hit the ball forward as quick as they can, and it worked for them. They 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 win trophies, they they win points nearly every week. The, it's just a contrast in football. But don't you know if that wasn't Liverpool, and let's go back to Burnley who do the same job. They pack the defence. Everybody packs the defence when they come. Atletico Madrid pack the defence, and they have got great players up front. But they didn't want to hit it forward as quick as Liverpool do. But the media don't... I, I would call Liverpool a long-ball football team. I would. I would. You know, like, they're not a footballing team. They're a long-ball team. But the media jumped... Sorry, Steve. The media no. jumped on Madrid the other night. The media jumped on Atletico Madrid the other night and said it was anti-football and said it was... Football, to me, now, is in its purest form what Pep Guardiola, Johan Cruyff and these football... Manager Klopp does play football. He played football at Dortmund. He didn't play this kick and rush stuff at Dortmund. He didn't got play three, this at they've Dortmund. Got three, three stroke, four great players up front. You know that Jota's done very well for him. And Firmino, what's he called? Firmino or whatever. Oh no, he's the midfielder. Firmino up front. And Diaz has done well, but he's really. yeah, well he's being pushed out now, really, because Jota's scoring the goals and he's not anymore. But the contrast between us and them. He's a million miles footballing wise, 
points wise, trophy wise, we're very, very close. And it's, I think if you say, what did you take from today's game? If we play like that, the confidence to win seven league games on the trot is if we can play like that against Liverpool, we can win seven games on the trot. And they're not all, they're not easy. None of them are easy. Brighton at home's not easy. Watford at home's not easy. We're City fans. We're City fans for years. Every game is difficult. You know, and that's that's without, you know, going to Atletico Madrid one day, look, we can get turned off and we might be out of the Champions League. We could lose the semi-final next Saturday. But if we're going off contrasting football, we are the footballing team in the country. But Liverpool are our closest rivals because they play something that if it was South, let's, let's use Southampton. They, you know, they stick all and then behind the ball against us, but they don't break as quick. You know, they're happy to keep that one point. Liverpool want to win the game, but they do it in a different way. But if you, if you, if the media who love them dearly, uh, if there was, if they were, they're never critical of the style of play. It's, it's, it's always oh Liverpool this, Liverpool that. For me, it's long ball football. Tony? Um, right. I think I'm going to get a splinter here, but I think you're all right. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I'll explain Thanks, myself. I Thank mean, you. <laughs> no, I, I predominantly agree with Cheesy, to be fair, in the sense that we're, us and Liverpool are the top two teams in England currently. We're first and second. Now, you can argue styles till the cows come home. Now, one thing I said to me, Fabian, or you'll go to the games with, he was like, we we're saying about the next seven games. And the problem with us is we struggle to break teams down um, because of how they sit back against us. Um, but that being said, we've already spoke about if we had a striker, would we have that struggle? They've got those clinical finishes. So I don't, I'm, I'll profess, I don't watch as much Liverpool games as uh, some of the other guys in terms of, I know, Harlan, you watch um, a lot more football, um, and especially in terms of uh, Liverpool and how some of the other teams do. So I completely agree with what you're saying in terms of styles, but I go back to us under Mancini. Now, it wasn't the exact same style as Klopp's, don't get me wrong. However, it was very much, uh, you get one goal and we're not going to go for a second, third or fourth. We're going to make sure that we hold tight. And it was that defensive Italian kind of mentality. Now, was I sat there whinging and moaning saying, we've only won 1-0, far from it. I loved the journey and I loved the ride. And yes, are we lucky that we've got Pep? Yeah, I think that... The next manager after Pep, whoever it may be, will have to follow Pep's style. I don't think our style is going to change because that's one of the reasons, um, if you believe in terms of what the chairman, Caldoun and uh, Cheeky have said in the press and stuff like that, is he was brought in to introduce this style throughout the whole hierarchy from uh, the kids upwards and even in the women's team, etc. So I can't see us going back to a Mancini or going to a Klopp style. I think we will keep this style, but we'll have different degrees of success. Now, Liverpool lost... 28th of December to Leicester, 1-0. And since then, they've drawn three games. One of us, one of them was us today. The other one was Chelsea and the other one was Arsenal. The rest of them, they've won every game. So is the next seven, you know, critical for us or to them when we've dropped some points um, in that kind of period where they haven't? So it works for them. 
and it that means and you can argue as i say the styles but at the same time it's working for them so you've got to give them the due in terms of currently they are the second best team and hopefully not but they could end up being the best team if they walk away with the premier league regardless of style that is the facts we always said as city fans of well i'd rather win the league over the champions league because it's 30 odd games etc now we can't then turn around to say liverpool if they won it as i say obviously we all here hope that they don't but if they win it we can't say well your style's sh- crap um so we don't want yeah you shouldn't have won it it just doesn't work like that no they, no that no would mean I, they're I, the best I get team. that I get that I get that 100 and if you know whatever you know they won it the other year and I still don't think they were the best team in the division in terms of style and I think a lot of the sides didn't play against them like they did against them. I don't know what you think about 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 this but I I just sometimes feel like there's always this let's go to city and perform Let's go to Anfield and crap ourselves. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, come on, man. It, 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 it's actually embarrassing to see teams retreat and sit low at our place and, and, and try to stop us playing and then but do you, go to Anfield and see them wide open and just get caned four and five. And you think, you wouldn't do that the Etihad. You wouldn't do that. It's it, it, There's an aid there. You're helping Liverpool play this way and get away with doing it. Is that not the difference of playing the champions, though? So you're going as a team to the champions and you've got a point to prove. If you're at the bottom of the um, the league and you're trying to show your fans that you're in this, you're going to give everything to the champions to say, look, we beat who the champions are. And that's us. Every team turns up against the champions. And regardless of whether teams sit back more against us than they do, look, I think they do. And that's why I think when you look on paper, you might say that we've got the easier running, but I far from think we've got the easier running. Um, in the long run, I think that every team will look to take points off the champions. And I think that's kind of the, the cross we bear as champions. You know, it's we've known this in the past, and I think that's just a fact, really. And it's one that Liverpool struggled to cope with last year. And why one of the, one of the reasons, anyway, why we uh, won the league last year as well. You know what, I, 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 was, I was sat today watching that game and I thought, we're making the second best team in the land sit with all their men behind the ball. You know, that's how, how good we are at football. Nobody now can come to, to us or we go to them. Nobody can out-football us. And they're all frightened to death of playing football against us. Liverpool are a great team. I'm not going to take that away from them. They're our closest rivals in league football and they're probably, you know, the FA Cup and like you said before, Ian, the uh, Champions League final possibly. But we make them sit back and defend. You know, I think what me and I want to try to say there is that when they line up with all their men behind the ball, they are Burnley, they are Southampton, they are West Brom, Atletico Madrid, every, you know, Man United, you know, when we play them, they just sit back and want to play us on the break. Nobody can out-football us anymore. And no, and everybody is trying to play football against us. The only one that's that a reflection on us do it is Leeds. Might be Leeds, who are a bit naive. They might not be now with the new guy, but they wanted to play football. And they got whacked, didn't they? 7-0 at ours, 6-0 at Liverpool. You know, and I mean, look at Everton. Everton been in shocking away from home. They were fantastic at home against us. You know, we sneaked the one they'll win and, you know, they, they were great, Everton against us. And I thought, they're never going down. But since then, you know, they, this weekend's probably turned it back in their favour that they'll stay up. But nobody wants to play football against us. Well, let, let's finish that little section of the discussion on, on that high because 
you know, we've just come away from a two-all draw where City have maintained the one-point advantage at the top. I think we all agree that City, um, if it was uh, like a boxing match where you were judging it on points, probably would have won on points, probably would have get won the game at Anfield on points. do not make any odds. You know, you've still got to score more goals than the opposition. And style-wise, we're not disagreeing with you, Harlan, or indeed you, Stephen. City's style is, is phenomenal. It's the best. There's, there's no question in my mind that that is the case. Uh, just before I go on to a couple of other subjects to finish off the podcast, uh, there'll be some people listening to this. And obviously, if you're listening to it, two or three days after the game, the minutiae doesn't matter as much. But just quickly, let's touch on, on the minutiae. You know, I mean, all of us were at the game. And before we started recording, Tony said, you know, none of us watched it on TV. We haven't had the luxury of 15 replays. Though then Tony WhatsApp me a couple of still pictures of key moments like the offside and uh, a tackle on, on Bernardo. Um, I, as I walked away, but then you would hear this among the City fans, probably at any game, were saying the referee was terrible. Um, how would you analyse the the sort of key moments, the the the, the number of yellows and reds and and um, decisions? I mean, did you feel that that you know City were not protected enough, or how would you how would you analyse you know the officials and uh, and, and the overall, you know, the, the were, were the things in the game that you think were got wrong, so to speak? Mike, can I just say on that then, that Bernardo got booked for a tackle today. That, in my eyes, was a booking. But they got away with two or three of them before and after Bernardo got booked. So if Bernardo's is a booking, then that Thiago fouled somebody just before he did the bad tackle where he got yellow carded, where the referee let the game go on and then went back to him and yellow carded him. But he got he got a foul. He did a foul that he should have been booked for just before that. Now, whether that means he does the second foul because he's already been booked, he might not have done. But if you're booking for one and then you're booking Bernardo for the other, which I thought Bernardo's foul was a booking. But yeah, I think they got away with two or three tackles. And I think it, the you two, you know, you three may be able to help me out here. Is that there was one, and it was a foul. I can't remember who the foul was on. And Anthony Taylor seemed to take a while to produce the yellow card. And I'm th- and I said to my lads that I thought, is he contemplating red here? Is he just taking a minute to think, is this yellow or is it red? Is it the Van Dyke one? I'm not. I'm not sure. I think, I think. I think we were through, weren't we? And Van Dyke hacked him down just outside the box, and he got a yellow card for it. But like you said, I think he took a while, and he, I thought, is he going to book him for this? I think everybody in the crowd was looking at each other, thinking, is he actually going to book him for this? And then he pulled the yellow out, and and looked like yeah. he was almost yeah. Maybe, maybe he was thinking Van Dyke off for being the yellow of a challenge. I yeah. thought he was thinking I've already booked him um, in terms of would I have to give a red if I give a yellow, and that was those. I mean, for me, in terms of the referee's decisions today. And, well, it's been, I think, every time we talk about this, whether it's VAR, the on-pitch referees, etc., it's consistency. And we just lack that at the moment in the Premier League is the consistency in decision-making. Um, so what is a yellow card today needs to be a yellow card. In, well, what was in the first half needs to be a yellow card in the second half, never mind next week, which is what I was about to say. And I just don't see we get that. And it's the same with VAR when we talk about um, offside. So... There's a lot of talk in terms of, and I've seen the replay and seen the stills in terms of uh, Sterling's offside, um, saying that the ball's blurred, so it had already left De Bruyne's foot, so that means he wasn't offside. 
Um, and I completely understand the argument for my money. He wasn't offside. However, in another game, I've seen that given as onside. And I just think that for yes. all, all the league, it just needs to be consistent. If a challenge is a yellow card today, it needs to be a yellow card tomorrow. And that's what's the problem at currently is that we're seeing bookings or even red cards. We're seeing because that challenge on uh, Bernardo could have been so much worse from Fabinho. He could have snapped his ankle there. It was that high. Um, and we've seen them giving us red cards. And I just think that for me, there's a lack of consistency and it just needs sorting. It's getting ridiculous now that, yes, you can argue last season, the season before bars, you knew, etc. Whereas now we're kind of coming into... Everybody seems to be doing VAR a bit better than we are, and referees seem to be getting better, whereas ours seems to be getting that bit worse. Um, and I don't know what the solution is currently. I think, I think the referee in a massive game like that, uh, which is worldwide, billions audience, there is a little bit of pressure to keep 11 versus 11 on the field. And he yeah, tried to keep the game going, didn't he? Rightly or wrongly. And I thought Kevin De Bruyne got a, a bit of stick given to him. But there were other incidents too in the game. And the referee wanted to try and let it flow rightly or wrongly, didn't he? Yeah, I just think at a certain stage, and I'm going to pick on Thiago today because he was two or three tackles before he eventually got booked. And uh, I thought he could have got a sense off here. Now, you know, it's a worldwide audience today and it, and I'm sure well you know now they say right we need 11 versus 11 on this field unless it's obvious you know it's like it's like uh, Milner in the first game at Anfield the only person who never thought that that was a yellow card the second one was the referee and that take that changed that game you know like today and it's like it's as if like oh come on the world's watching we need 11 players versus 11 players irrespective of tackles that they did I think it was the uh, the one on Bernardo that I was talking about, Tony. There, you just helped me out then. But yeah, I think uh, there's, there's there's a bigger criteria sometimes. You know, the world watching and all this TV TV rules. But you know, I think it's, they put a lot of pressure on the referee, didn't they, this week as well? Best, you know, best we, example that, Stephen, is was when Howard Webb refereed that World Cup final. And uh, Nigel de Jong, God bless him, um, did that terrible challenge where he should have been red guarded. <laughs> yeah. The reason why Howard Webb didn't send him off was because he wanted to keep 22 players on the pitch. That was his answer when he when he yeah. explained it. Yeah. But rules are rules. And that's the thing that frustrates a lot of football fans across the country is that it doesn't matter what they want. It's what's being played out in front of them. And if that is a yellow card, a red card... Um, free kick and offside today it needs to be the exact same next week in the FA Cup final Champions League World Cup whatever the rules are that is what you've got to go with and I just think that it's that lack of consistency that ends up being especially in terms of and you know we're not going to I'm not going to open the kind of worms of the day, what we just discussed but if the two sides are so closely matched that there's only a point between us it's going to be the fine details that decide who ends up uh, lifting the trophy because it's the rub of the green it's the look that you've always kind of need to get um, in terms of going on to win trophies or win the league and the refs have such an impact in that that I just think that we need to be without sounding bitter because I think that's part of the problem with tribalism especially is that you can sound bitter if we sat here saying well today we should have won 3-2 Sterling was offset it's not about that it's about the decisions and how they're made and why they're made and there needs to be a bit more transparency around that because currently the lack of consistency across all the games is unfortunately for me ruining the game a little bit that 
we can be sat here discussing, well, it's the ball's blurred, it's this and that needs to be a decision. I personally, I think I like, um, I think it was Anua who said um, in terms of what the MLS do is if they can't see it with the naked eye, they just carry on. There's no lines, there's no none. Of, and we need to go with something simplistic like that for the good of the game, because currently it's destroying what a lot of people love about the game. And it's then opening up these arguments of saying, well, hang on, last week you went on his foot, this week you're going on his shoulder, next week what you got, it's just getting ridiculous. And I just think that we need an overhaul as to how the refs are taught and what's going on. Um, and I think a large part of that will be having the assessors back in the grounds rather than what the referees, have, because the referees, for those that don't know, referees used to be get assessed on each game and the um, Referees Association used to have refs in each game and they'd write a report and they'd discuss it with the refs. What about this dish? Whereas now that's done remotely and it's just given as an overcard kind of thing of, yeah, well, here's your overview of the last five games. And I think we do need to get back to that scrutiny of the referees in their profession. The same way we would sit here and scrutinise our players as uh, City fans and say, oh, well, he's not done this, he's not done that. Referees are very much crucial, whether we like it or not, to how games pan out. And there needs to be that level of scrutiny without the eyes of a tribal media or a tribal fan base saying, well, no, because he got that, we deserve this. It's not, we just want the consistency across the whole league. I've got a great yeah, idea. I think, great idea. I think- you know, use VAR, use VAR. Sorry, Alan, I'll let you come in and say. Right. Use, use, use VAR just to correct clear and obvious mistakes. How about that? How about that as an well, idea? Then what's clear and obvious mistakes? And this is where I say it's got to be down to that. The decision is what I'm saying. And and only then when when, a, when somebody says, come on, he's a yard offside. You can't, you know... That, that that's when VAR comes in. I accept that there can be mistakes. Let the, I mean, there was an offside today at the end. I, I sit towards the south stand end in the Colin Bell stand, and there was I've not seen the replay of it, but there was one where a ball, this was a City player, and the ball was played, and it looked miles offside to me. And of course, they just carried on playing, and and it didn't end up in a goal. So we'll never know whether it was offside. But we have this uh, this unbelievable situation where a linesman is told not to put his flag up anyway. I don't want to go down that road again. Although Harlan wants to say something, it might be on this subject. So I'll yeah, let him I think go on, Harlan. Stephen and Tony are right, Ian, and I think you're right yourself. I think you've said this to me off air once or twice. It's it's the timing in games. I think it's knowing, like you said, about you know the, the, the one gripe that always gets me is when like the Milner one last year, Stephen, which you mentioned, um, when you've been booked in the 23rd minute, and then you commit another foul in the 24th, and the referee doesn't want to book you the second time because they're too close together. That's the one that does my head in. And the second challenge that you're not getting booked for is miles worse than the one he booked you for. It, it just leaves me absolutely... I think, what is it with referees that make them think that they haven't got the authority to send a player off because it was too close to the previous challenge? If it's worthy of a yellow card... It's worthy of a yellow card. If the player's stupid enough to put his foot in and go eye on someone and clip someone or commit a professional foul or go in two-footed or come off the ground, then it's his own fault and he needs to walk. Um, Timings in games, knowing that it's near the end of the game so could swing it in favour. If he's daft enough to put his foot in or Van Dijk or Thiago's daft enough to crop somebody from behind and his team go on to lose 3-2, that's the punishment. Not the yellow card. The punishment is losing the football match. The red card isn't the punishment. Your three-match ban is your three-match ban. 
But Liverpool losing 3-2 to us as a result of that happening, the 10 versus 11, is the extra punishment. It's the double jeopardy of doing something that criminal. I went to a game yesterday, Curzon Ashton against Boston United. Two players were sent off. Um, quite quick succession. Now, admittedly, Kurz and Ashton were already losing the game, I think, 3 0 at that point. Uh, but if that had been a televised game between two big clubs like City and Liverpool, um, they would have there would have been people saying the referee ruined the game. Yeah, all he did was send two players off because they deserve red cards. One was a double yellow and one was a straight red. To me, that is the point. But anyway, let's let's all agree that City play the best football. Nobody's disagreeing with that. I thought they were the better team today, didn't win the game. I think we, we agree on that as well. Uh, now, City play Liverpool again at Wembley next Saturday. In between times, City play Atletico Madrid. Now, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, they may have already played Atletico Madrid. So we'll, we'll keep the chat to Atletico Madrid relatively brief and then quickly look ahead to the Liverpool game. 1-0 up from the first leg. Everybody says Atletico Madrid will come out. I don't think they will. I think they'll carry on playing exactly the same way and hope that sort of 10, 15 minutes from the end, they can nick one, maybe take it into extra time. And if they don't get another goal in extra time, being cautious as they will be, we'll take our chances in penalties. That's how I think um, Simeone thinks. And I think that's how, how the game will go. Anybody got any different views on that? No, I agree. I agree with you. I, they, they're not going to. They, they don't have too cross contrasting a style anyway. Uh, but they certainly won't come out and football us. Put it that way, because they know that they, they can't beat us at football. And I think for me is that we go and we start the game by keeping the ball. If we keep the ball and quieting it down a little bit and just play our game, and then try and take one of the chances that we create. But then that'll be fine. I, I I do think we'll score over there. I said to somebody, even United scored there, so it can't be that difficult, but that might not come into it. <laughs> Any different view on that, Harlan? No, I agree. I agree. I uh that's why I was so nervous about about it being nil-nil, because I thought then they'd sit in and then they'd come out around 60 and score the one and then go back into their shell and then try and stop us from getting an equaliser. So I'm glad we went, I'm glad we got the goal and I'm glad we're going there one up. But I think that yeah, I agree, and they'll 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 probably sit in. There'll be there'll be opportunities from set pieces, free kicks, stuff like that during the game. Don't get you know don't don't forget they've got quality. They have got Felix, Joe Felix. They have got Griezmann. Um, you know, they've got some quality midfield players as well. Uh, they've got a guy out on the left hand side called Lordy. He scored the goal against United. He's a very 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 good overlapping and underlapping fullback, a wide midfielder. So, you know, you're always gonna have these moments in a game, even against sides like that, where they could threaten you. Just got to make sure we don't give away any stupid possession. Don't give the ball away in silly areas. Don't give away free kicks on the edge of the box as best we can. And defend better from set pieces. And if we do that, and we are only 1-0 up at 60, they are going to have to come out at 60, or, or maybe even later or whatever. But they're going to have to come out before... 80 minutes to try and get something because we can game manage for the last 10 minutes. If it's still 1-0 at 80, I think we can manage that last 10 minutes possession-based football and maybe even nick one ourselves. So they will have to come out, but it's at that point, Ian. It is at that point, in that period that they rear their heads and say, we are now Atletico attacking Madrid. 
we have to get in behind them, we have to punish them, we have to score a second goal. And if it goes 2-0, we, we're through. On to the Liverpool game then. Um, Tony and I were checking, well, Tony was checking and I was just listening to him checking the number of tickets left as we record here on Sunday evening after the league game and saying that Liverpool still have a few tickets left, City have a few tickets left. Um, City made an announcement, I think, at the game that there were still tickets left for the, the Cup semi-final. Uh, they were offering bigger allocations to season card holders. Um, we all are aware of the fact that this is very costly. City are in Madrid this week, so those going to Madrid are already forking out a lot of money. Uh, there's no trains going down to Wembley. I know some coaches have been put on by the FA. The roads are likely to be heaving. If City win, then they're in an FA Cup final. Tickets are already expensive for the semi. They'll be even more expensive at the final. City gets to the Champions League final. Every man and his dog wants to go there. They will cost a fortune. The journey will cost a fortune. Is it any wonder that um, you know that that tickets? What well, well, I think Wembley will be full um, next Saturday, um, but the fact that they haven't been going out, flying out, um, it, it doesn't surprise me at all. But equally, doesn't bother me. Um, so that that's that's one issue you might want to talk about or. The other side, of course, is the footballing side. You know, having drawn with Liverpool today, who starts favourite at, at Wembley? And will it be a different type of game? So, who wants to go first on that one? And you can tackle any of it. Go on, Tony. Which which bit do you want to tackle? Or is it all? All of the above. Um, so, I think yeah. one of the things that we've got to take into account when we talk about Atletico, um, Liverpool, and even the next seven games going forward in the Premier League, is that it's not just necessarily going to come down to... Well, it is going to come down to us, but it's that concentration. Look at Edison today, where, Jesus, my heart was in my mouth. Um, <laughs> when I thought he nearly put that in his, his own net. And it is going to what, come down to What, is John Stone's impression? Yeah. <laughs> and it is going to come down to the concentration of the players. I think that um, is crucial, especially at Atletico, because you've got to be so switched on for those 90 minutes. And, you know, they're going to dive about and all the rest. Of, but anyway, that, as I say, that's Atletico. And when it comes to Wembley, I think, look, Football doesn't exist in isolation. We've got to look at the bigger world out there. And as you know, um, in terms of the work that I do, um, charity-wise, um, in my local community and stuff like that, look, there's a cost-of-living crisis going on. Football isn't, the, well, I suppose I think, yeah, you know, isn't necessarily the be-all and end-all in that sense that people are, you know, choosing currently between eating and eating. Yes, football's a nice escapism and it's great to, you know, um, watch it. And for those that can't make it, go and watch it and kind of just have that 90 minutes of outside of your current day to day and get rid of those stresses. But look, I think for me, the FA showed that they're still paying off Wembley and their kind of disdain for fans that I believe that they currently have, because realistically, let's just look at what would have been in the interest of the fans rather than what would have been in the interest of the corporations that have sponsored and for Wembley and the FA the int what would have been best is a neutral ground somewhere up close, whether Cardiff was available, the Millennium Stadium, or whether there was another neutral ground. Look, with the Premier League, there is tier A stadiums across the country. They could have picked a closer one for the fans, knowing where it was. Um, and, you know, even just putting the FA Cup where it was, Bank Holiday, Easter Bank Holiday, every year, regardless, 
trains are always doing rail works, roads are always doing road works. So you've got the additional cost of the increased price in petrol if you're driving down. Yes, you can get the free coach, but then obviously how long is that going to take you to get down by the time you wait for other people, etc. And all this is going to take, you know, have a big toll for those that have work the next day, those that are thinking, well, actually, if I've got to get on this coach, then that's going to take me a couple of hours. Childcare, cut money, it's just... Unfortunately, I just think that as we're seeing a lot more that the decisions are being made and fans are an afterthought. And I think, yes, it's nice that the clubs have put the coaches on, but what choice did they have? If they wanted fans down there, they had no choice. So it's great to say, yes, oh, well, they've done really good for that. But that was the least I expected of them, to be honest, because otherwise there'd be no fans there and you would be filling it up with, you know, the FA giving out or McDonald's giving it out to the school kids, etc. from Wembley and it'll be, a, you know, a stadium of neutrals. Um, which, you know, I'm no, not adverse to giving, you know, um, local kids tickets if they're available, etc. But at the same time, I just don't get why there's a big thing around fans not being there. I just think that a lot of the time the media like to say, oh, well, they're not selling this tickets. Look at Liverpool. They've got X, City have got this one. But look, fans aren't a bottomless pit of money. Yes, you'll get some fans where they might own a business or they might, you know, have kind of uh, be a bit more well off and they'll they'll go regardless. They'll go to Madrid. They'll go to, um, you know, um, across the world to follow their teams. But if we talk about the core group of fans, they just don't have those bottomless pits of money just to constantly sit. So they'll pick and choose and they might say, well, I'm not going to go to the semi, but if we get to the final, then I'll get to go to that one in that sense. So fans are having to be clever, especially at the business end of the season now in April, in terms of deciding what am I going to be spending my money on? Um, and even more so than ever with what's going on in the wider world, as I say, between your heating bills, your food costs going up, uh, your petrol bills going up, etc. It's just not a cheap world. And the FA don't seem to take that into account. And I just think that, unfortunately for the fans, it's going to happen more and more because there's, you know, bigger money at stake than what we, the fans, provide now. I don't think I could have put that any better myself. And um, it's a pity in one sense that we're not doing a political podcast because I'm sure that Tony would have some opinions on uh, on all that yes, world. My <laughs> Yes, my vote. <laughs> well, no, I put my soapbox away now. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know where that came from there. Well, <laughs> and it's all valid, Tony, and it was very, very eloquently said. So let's part that now, which is all true, and let's get the final two words then from Stephen and uh, Arlen on the football side. So Tony's covered that. Um, Stephen, um, City start favourites. Is it just going to be a repeat of the game today at Wembley? Uh, no, because... We will obviously change our keeper. I don't think they will. I'll be surprised if they do put it that way. I think he's more bothered about putting the full strength team out rather than we are. And I and I and I know it's a squad game, but Edison will not play, will he? Uh, Zach will play. Zach Stefan will play. So I don't know whether that changes anything. Well, you know what? After watching today, and like we said earlier, yes, we are the better footballing team, but. I don't know. I don't, I don't think today changes anything. It's a tough game. It's a tough game for us. It's a tough game for them. How do you sum it up in just a few words, Alan? Now, that's the challenge for you, isn't it? Just a few words. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, look, if we'd have scored the chances, not every key chance, but three or four chances today, and we'd have gone in three or four, one up at half-time, um, I don't think we'd have got applauded from the media that we deserved. He would have won the game 4-1, 4-2, whatever. Um their style of play would have been exposed in that sense. It won't be the, a, a, a similar game. 
yes, you'll have two sides going out for another one another in their own various styles, but it's not going to be... If it is another 2-0 draw, then, my word, three 2-0 draws in a row would be madness, wouldn't it? But I think you're going to get a very different City next week because we are focused more, I believe, on the Champions League and the league. Uh, we'll be prepping for the Brighton game, of course. But um, I definitely expect us to go out and do do a job next week and get our first win against Liverpool. Just to clarify as well, Ian, before you tie up the pod, um, I, I, I'm not I'm not a hater of Liverpool's style of football. Like I said, I, I like counter-attacking football. When I was talking about the sides in the Premier League earlier on, you know, your Arsenal's, for example, your your rebuilt Arsenal's, your West Ham's, they all play counter-attacking football, but they also have got the principles of possession-based football in there. They are trying to entertain their fans and they utilise a lot of their top-quality players to the best of their ability. So, yes, Liverpool are second. Yes, on points basis, they deserve to be there. They're the second-best accumulators of points in the Premier League. But I stand by what I said. Um, for me, they're not the second-best side in the Premier League. We could... Dude, we're taking a leaf out of their book, though, when we get in the final third and taking more shots on, hitting more on site and being a bit scrappier. So, fair uh, play to him for that. But, no, I'm not, uh, I'm not be- I've not been swung during this podcast. All right. Well, you're entitled to have that view. <laughs> um, it's always fun to listen to what you've got to say. Uh, thanks very much to Stephen, to Harlan and to Tony. Um, thanks very much to Howard's solicitors in Stockport. Ashton and Cheshire as well, they are. They specialise in family law. So if you're going through a separation or you're having problems accessing your children or with social services, give them a call, 0161872 and all the nines or email law at howardssolicitors.com. Thanks for their support. Thanks to charleslewy.co.uk for their support. Thank you to the three of you, to those who listen to the, uh, the podcast, to those who share it, who retweet it, subscribe. Thank you very much. Lots of nice people come up to me when I'm walking around the stadium doing the match day vlogs and say such nice things. They mean the world to me and I appreciate your kindness, both in listening, watching and supporting what I do. So um, see you all again next week. We'll do a podcast on Sunday evening. Not that it matters to you when we record it, but that's when we do it UK time Sunday evening after the FA Cup semi-final. Two big games before then, the Atletico game in midweek. Will City be in the semi-finals of the Champions League by then? FA Cup semi-final, will they put the place in the final? Um, wow, it's, it's, isn't it? Well, there's only one thing I could say really to explain all this. And you know what I'm going to say now? Isn't it great to be a blue? <laughs>